Hello. I love your mustache. Thank you. That is very snidely whiplash. Oh, now you have a pirate hat on. That's even better. <laughs> that is so cool. I know. I love ever since that uh, lawyer. The cat lawyer? Cat, that was. The cat lawyer went viral. I'm like, how did he do that? And I, and I, I, I don't have the kitty cat setting, but. You've got a lot of really cool ones. What is this one? Kind of John Lennon glasses? Something. I don't know. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Pre-Accident Investigation Podcast. It's time for the pod. I hope you're excited. I'm really excited. I have lots of cool stuff coming up, so be ready. There's all sorts of book promotions and... What else? Uh, new, interesting junk to talk about. This is pretty exciting. It's it's weird to me that you that stuff still comes in. That there's still things to talk about. It seems like at some point we'd be done. Like you'd say, okay, we've talked about everything there is to talk about. We're done. But in fact, there doesn't seem to be an end yet. Now there might still be. I, I'm no predictor of the future. How's your week? You doing okay? It's um. It's weird. It's it's weird now, but it's different weird than it was eight months ago when it was weird. It's now different weird, and depending on where you are on the globe, there's different senses of things releasing and letting up, and things moving, and this whole idea of bouncing forward, which I've talked about for, gosh, sixteen months now. It's interesting to see how that happened. In fact, in fact, that's kind of what today's podcast is about. So we're going to talk a lot, and it's interesting. We started the discussion, and we started talking about how change diffuses within an organization, which is not what I thought we'd talk about, but that's what we talked about. I should tell you. Well, I'll tell you later who we're talking to. All right, that's coming up, so hold on to your hat for that. But we started talking about this idea of the diffusion of innovation. And believe it or not, I think this all kind of fits this post-pandemic discussion, this bouncing forward discussion. So if you think about diffusion of innovation, the person I want you to really go and look up is a guy named Everett Rogers, who is a dear friend of mine. He's actually my advisor for my program, dear friend of mine. But he studied hybrid seed corn in the state of Iowa in the United States. And, and what he studied is, is farmers who actually used new corn seeds first and how those corn seeds move through the farming community. And what he was studying was really how change moves through culture, which, oddly enough, is kind of what we do as well. I mean, that's what we're a part of, is change agents through organizations. I guess even through organizational culture is probably fair. And Rogers draws an S-curve. And you guys know what an S-curve looks like, and if you don't, let me explain it. It's a curve that looks like an S. And at the very bloody front edge of that S curve, he calls those people the innovators. And innovators are the people that, that absolutely are the first to have the best, newest thing. And you know innovators. Some of you might be innovators in your life, but they're the first people to get the new iPhone, right? They're the first people to get the new whatever. And behind the innovators, as the curve starts to form on the top of the S, 
are a group he calls the early adopters. And they're not as edgy or as brave as the innovators. So they allow the innovators to kind of find things out. But then as soon as there's even a minuscule amount of data to show that there's something positive about this new idea, the early adopters will pick up on that and run with it hard and fast. Then as you go down sort of the central part of the S-curve, the third phase is what he called the early majority. And those are people who've waited for the innovators to go out and discover the early adopters to bring it in and try it. And once they get some mileage under their belt, they think it's safe enough that they can start to actually use these new ideas themselves. And as soon as the early majority goes, then the late majority follows. And that's everybody catching up, you know, moving from the iPhone 4 to the iPhone 9, that kind of thing, if I can use iPhone analogies. And then at the very bottom of that S, on the other side of that curve, are what Rogers calls the laggards. And those are the people who are going to be drug kicking and screaming into having email. You know, I, I don't need this email. I don't want this email. They'll, they'll, they'll kick and scream. And that is the diffusion curve. That's how things diffuse. So when something just emerges into the world, it has to be accepted by these different groups to make up a change. And knowing these groups helps you understand how the change is moving through your organization. So that's a quick primer. If you want more, go to your local library. I mean, there's tons of information out there. But that is the essence of the diffusion curve. And we had to have that conversation because Jeff Lith and I, I can't say his name without lisping, actually talked about this and I captured it quickly, like very quickly, to put on the podcast. So listen carefully as we walk through this idea of what it's like to move from safety heretic to safety normal. And that discussion is really not a journey, but a voyage. So fasten your seatbelts, put on your life preserver, your salvavida, and get ready to go on a voyage around the diffusion of new ideas in the safety world. I'm fine. How are you? I'm good. How are you? How have you been? So good. Why so good? Tell me more. Don't leave out the good parts either. Oh, I don't even know where to start. Um, you know, well, you know, we were chatting recently, I think. I think we last chatted a year ago. I know, which, it was, which is amazing. Uh-huh. But, I mean, that's how this, this whole time's been. It's just been, like, it, something's either a, a day long or a year long. Mm. Yeah, I remember at the time kind of speculating what we were headed into, right? How did we do? Um, did we get it? Oh, well, yeah, not not bad, I think. I think it was fairly, if we were betting men, I think that was fairly accurate. But... I think things have accelerated, right? And so I don't know. I've been looking at the diffusion of innovation and thinking about how things are accelerating. It certainly feels like things are accelerating, you know? I think you're right. I think we've, if you look at the diffusion curve, that S curve, the the early adopters and the sort of early majority 
have have been what's the word fulfilled we're, we're now into kind of the late majority oh really don't you think or do you think i'm wrong i think you're wrong todd i've been wrong before i think, I think you're wrong todd conklin i can't believe those are fun words to say um, i love hearing it baby <laughs> i don't know i think i think i think you've been in this a long time and i think it's got to feel that far along but I, I i say for sure it's funny too. Like I was thinking, all models are wrong, right? But right. some are useful. Right. And I think one of the one of the feelings about being at this point in time is that, I mean, all models are highly suspect in this new normal, right? Right. So there's that. There's that. But some some kind of show a chasm amid early adoption, and some show it between early adoption and early majority. But I just I think it feels like there's a bigger conversation going on than actually is when you really go out and survey all the companies we don't talk to. Well, that's true. I mean, that's actually, um, maybe I should just say touche, touche. That's a very good, that's a very good point. And yet companies that I never thought would be having discussions. I never thought they would have are having those discussions. Like I'm talking to people in big companies around the globe who are saying things like, well, we're getting rid of, life-saving rules we're we're really questioning our tr ir our tiffer our trcrs the the incident rate numbers and and i just don't think they would have had that conversation 10 years ago but i think you bring something up really important that we should probably at least nod to in this conversation and that is that one of the problems when you are thinking about this different way of managing workplace reliability and resilience is that you you move intellectually really far ahead and you assume quite wrongly that the rest of the world is at least as dumb as you are right i mean you assume you don't know anything i'm just going with the humble inquiry side of this equation and so you assume everybody must not know anything at the same rate i don't know anything and what we forget is that we really do have to start a lot of these discussions at the beginning, which is something that you're masterful at. Keeping it simple, brother. But or, or I think the I think the term we want to sort of incorporate is we have to baby food it. Yes, let's use that term as much as we can, <laughs> shall we? Let's, let's baby food that. Um, how about this? How about this? Uh, it's 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 having to restate the case for change. I think in in the present state. And I think it's a really articulate case for change was made in some sectors almost 10 years ago. But I think it's time to dust that off and revisit it for a broader industry base because there's a, there's a big hype curve or hype cycle, they call it, right? And, and I think there's a lot of buzz and a lot of noise. And, and I think people are coming to the table late and it's hard for them to determine or discern the signal to noise ratio. Um, and I think that there's... A, an, an opportunity now for those that are are sort of coming to it to to I mean I don't know of another source to go back and be be sort of taken through the chronology a bit of the history a bit of the present state um, just to sort of backfill and support where we are currently um, I think we need to serve those whether it's the early majority you know coming to the table in earnest now I just want to make sure we've got the right information for them where are we in the early majority are we at the end of the early majority or the beginning? Because I think I kind of think we're through the early majority, but maybe I'm just, uh, you know, I live in my little glass bubble. Well, 
you may be it's my, been, my fine friend. I, um, I, I think, I don't know, man. I look at, I, I see so many companies and so much dialogue, but so still not. And, and I've got to think there's an awful lot of that. I, I, it feels like we're accelerating for sure. I think we're somewhere, be, somewhere at the tail end of the early doctors or midway through. Okay. And you know, different models depict a kind of a chasm at different points. Some depict a chasm between early adopters and early majority and some, the chasm is more mid early adopters. I, I don't know, but I, I think that there was a lull. I think maybe the pandemic came along and just kind of a, what it did to that lull. Maybe that was the lull because goodness gracious. <laughs> I mean, it's, the most incredible organizations um, having the most incredible conversations with them that I just, I just can't believe. And that feels like it's happening at a really accelerated rate. And an increased level of confidence and improvement. I mean, you're uh-huh. seeing these, these really sweet stories being told. I, I mean, I don't think they tell them enough, but there are these really sweet, sweet stories of, you know, these managers who've had these epiphanies, just these, these lightning bolt moments where they, they come out of this just a, a, a different, leader and i think that's really uh remarkable it's remarkable just because we got to watch it i'm not sure we had any part in it i mean i would never claim that we had a part in it but we got to watch it we got to observe it happen and that was kind of fun to watch it's a it's that's the that's the shots of the drug i think but how, when when, well, when how, some a plant manager says you know, this is a different conversation than I've ever had before. Yeah. It, it feels so much better. And I learned so much that what they express in that moment is just so powerful. Well, how so much powerful. of what you do is just classic change management? I mean, that, those are your words. I'm kind of twisting them back on you. Really? Um, I'm not looking for I, a metric. You don't have to give me a number. <laughs> God, you looked at me with a, you looked at me with a, these mean sunglasses on. Mm. I, I know I've got this, my evil zoom filter. Um, no, I don't know. You know, I, I just try to, I sort of aim my whole business model at just being a good guy to have around. And, and, you know, there's an appetite for change on their part. What that looks like is, is, is pretty different in each organization, but just helping navigate the space, you know, helping organizations navigate the space their own way. Uh, I'm no, you know, master of, change but is there a method i mean i kind of think there might not be i kind of think we want to take linear practices for managing change and apply it to a complex non-linear problem and so we really want a recipe do this first then do this second then stop here then do that fourth and you know and Mm -hmm. and every organization seems to have its own set of needs and every organization clearly and quite obviously i mean i get this are at a different place on what Eric calls the voyage, which I actually think voyage is much more romantic than journey. Mm. I'm not sure. What is the difference between voyage and journey? Other than mm. spelling. They're spelled destination. destination, right? Or is it, is it uh, the journey is the, de- or the voyage is the destination? I don't know. I have to look that up. I, I w- I'm really careful about, um, you know, programmatizing anything, in helping anybody, but there's certainly trends and, and um, patterns that emerge. Do you know? Um, you know, I've always been a philosophy first guy, not a, not a tool or technique guy first. Um, 
And so to camp out on that sort of philosophical shift first has always been very important to me. Um, and then just continue the dialogue into, into how to integrate the, integrate the thinking, change the responses. Uh, but it is really different for all organizations. I agree. I just looked it up. Journey refers to a lone piece of travel. Voyage refers to a long journey, especially by ship. Mm. What do you think? Not very voyage. valuable. Voyage then contains journey? Yeah. A voyage would contain, from this definition, many journeys. <laughs> Maybe that's the point, that, that it is many different journeys. Actually, wow, that, actually, that yeah. resonates with me a little. Yeah, that's a wow. That's kind of a moment of discovery. <laughs> it really is. But let's go back yeah. to this idea of pro, pro, programmatizing. I can't even talk. Or or this mm. idea that, that so we, we know that we want to use classic change management notions, right? So the group has to begin where they are. You have the group you have, not the group you want to have. Change begins the moment people perceive change happens. And that you really look for a series of milestones. Um, by which to indicate ch change and you don't really measure change in as much as you monitor the vector that the change is moving. Those are s some basic qualifications around change management. There's plenty more, but those are the ones I think of naturally. And I like that description because it's, it's, uh, it, it, it suggests or allows, you know, setting something in motion that stays in motion. Right. Not not unfreezing from fixed point A and refreezing in fixed point B, but but really unmooring and and um as Lauren Hochstein says, surfing complexity. Right. I love that. Which I love is, that. is a really cool image, right? I mean that's yeah, that's a good way to think about it. Well, so what have you yeah. learned? What, what what are your what are your tidbits and hints? What's your what's your pro tips for helping an organization oh, navigate the voyage? personally my uh, uh, patience um realizing that the effect time has and that um you know you'd like things to happen sooner and you just like the 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 the, the connections to be made and, and things to spread like wildfire but but things take time um and so allowing that time allowing real soak time because because it is it's a significant shift and so i've i've recently i've really become appreciative of the value of, of just allowing time and not rushing the process. Ask me the same question, but, but act like you thought of it. Hey, what do you think is uh, what's, what's like a pro tip do you think for, for helping organizations on this voyage? Wow. Thanks for asking me that question. Yeah. Anytime. So, you know, the one I think of all the time and I thought of it while you were saying yours is, <laughs> is it's normal for leadership to push back. In fact, if they don't push back, fairly you could assume you're not being very effective. And that when leaders want to argue, don't become defensive, become instructive. That would be my Hallelujah. that would be my pro tip. Yeah. Ouch. Thank you. That 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 strikes deep. It's, Did it really? I didn't mean for it to. There was no, well, no, no, I had no agenda. It's a, it's a really exciting journey. I I I do find myself really, it feels like personally invested in, 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 in helping these organizations out. Right. Or at least giving them the best crack at, at where they want to go with this information. 
Um, and so, yeah, it, it, uh, I have, you have to remember to meet, meet resistance with, with love and not, and not frustration. It's and, and, and leave awesome. the organization better than when you came or, or do no harm at least. But, but I, I like uh, the idea of leaving him better than when you came, whatever but, better but means. Do, do no harm throughout the process. I mean, it's, it's, I can remember a few years ago when, when see safety sexy now. Right. But it we learned that. was yeah. broken. It was broken a few years ago and I was a heretic a few years ago. And, and there was some, there were some kind of edgy disruption bits and uh, um, not uh, probably, but I mean, it made sense for the time. It really felt like the vibe of the time and it felt like a way in that, in that innovation time to, to get attention and, and bring attention. But um, no, it's, it's uh, that's one thing I think about being at this part, accelerating on the curve at this part is, is there's less of the, um, what do they call it? The, the trough of disillusionment or, or after the, after the early expectations. Um, and I, th- I think that slogging it out for a few years in this space um, and feeling that disillusionment when you were the disillusionment combined with resistance was tough, um, tough to take. And the one thing about the acceleration and so many more people coming to the table and so many more conversations going on is that, is that I think that pushback it's easier for me now to understand where it comes from, respond with love and, and be patient and, and just keep, keep on keeping on. And yeah. How's it feel not to be the heretic? How's it feel not to be the disruptor? Cause, cause I really think you actually just encapsulated kind of a lot of the people who were early, early leaders and thinkers is that, and, and I'm adding this value. I, no one's told me this, but, I think it was kind of fun to be on the edge. It was fun to be the disruptor. It was a little bit of too too cool for school, you know. And yep. now and now those disruptive ideas that th- those ideas that were really, I mean, dangerously close to sort of blasphemous, small b not large b, mm-hmm. right? Which created the whole heretic image, small h not large h. Um, mm-hmm. Those have kind of gone away. Like I remember when it was really controversial to say, "Hey, wait a minute! All accidents are not preventable." And people would look at you like, take, you take that back. You take that, you take that back <laughs> right now. I will not listen to that profanity in this room. Yeah. Safety sacrilege. The, the, so it's super fun being the Snoopy that wears the leather jacket and the yeah. dark glasses, right? It's super fun being that guy. But labels stick. And um, I found... It was fun at the time, and it, and it kind of served its purpose at the time to I think so. yeah. create a conversation, but, it, but things like that stick. And so I'm grateful um, kind of for the time that we put it between that now because uh, um, I, don't think, I don't think there's anything to rebel against. I, I just think there's help to bring. Um, well, and you know, I agree with you completely, and I understand why you would say that. It fits your personality beautifully. But also I would suggest that some of the things that – that you were rebelling against changed the rebelling worked. Oh, <laughs> maybe it did. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe, or maybe it, that evolution just happened whilst we were running around rebelling. Are we talking about a distinction without a difference here? Sure. Well, I, mean, I, I don't know, man. I mean, how does, how does philosophical change start? How does, I mean, it has to start with, probably 
somebody who's on the edge of the argument pushing the argument in a direction that's uncomfortable at first. And then I guess yeah. it's normal that eventually it would become more comfortable. Yeah. It's clearly more comfortable now. I mean, that's the part that I think is so interesting and, and should be encouraging to people is that there was a time not long ago where we saw the metric of counting injuries as a valid and effective way to measure safety performance. And now I don't think you'd find a lot of people who would still, they, they're still going to do it because there's artifacts left in our regulatory bodies around the globe. But I don't think anybody thinks it's a good idea anymore. Yeah. Well, yeah. And the one that's changing now, the one that I find really interesting, he says, interrupting you is, is the idea that you study an accident to describe normal performance. That one's just gone. I mean, no (laughs) one's going to buy that anymore. Yeah. And, uh, the, the, the the notion that you can conclude an investigation just simply on a failed defense internally the same way you know a regulator might do that to the organization that's kind of how they're geared but i think within organizations um seek needing better answers um demanding demanding better answers well just just realizing that that's a crappy answer you know um find out what happened and why not not just what didn't. I think that's that's changing with those with the lag metric change. So, what do you see as the future? What's what's going to happen next? Oracle of future thought. I come to you I, on the top of the mountain. T- I'm in your cave. <laughs> um, pull up a rock. Uh, I'm sitting down cave. now. Let's, I'm I'm comfortable. Let's have a beer. The uh, I don't know, brother. I I to me in in the industrial side of the world that I like to to hang out in the high vis um, boys and girls the high vis that's right that's right um i saw a picture of a, a guy in a high vis suit the other day nice but it was brilliant yeah. that is brilliant um, um i think i think aspiring to that that hro kind of kind of principle kind of existence in an, in an industrial operation i i think that that's uh something that that is is close to close to the close to the prize in my view of the of the of the world at this point in time anyway and i think that in unsticking industrial operations from from a traditional view of safety i think that you know the the, the your principles and, and and learning teams and and things like that i think we're we're becoming pretty good at getting them unstuck from the old ways and i think we're the conversation lines us up naturally and points us in that HRO kind of direction. Um, do you know what I mean? That, that, that we're not going to do better than we've done historically until we make the fundamental shift and we can actually get to that sincere place where we thank people for reporting bad things and, and stopping work in the name of quality or safety. Like that's a big shift, but I think it's the other side of the mountain and, and I think it's attainable in time, in my lifetime. So were the HRO guys just that much farther ahead? Because they've been talking about deference to expertise, sensitivity to operations, mm-hmm. you know, uh, 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 monitoring, the ability to learn, mm-hmm. the you know, the four pillars. They've been talking about it for a long time, but it didn't resonate well 
It was seen as a destination in the of Voyage. And now that the voyage has gone on a while, like for sure the pandemic really made me learn the difference between measure and monitor. Even though I think I knew the difference before, I just, I saw all these illustrations that were pretty profound. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you, you made me think of something. We talk about this curve and I guess the, the you know, that front end of that, that innovative point can taper down to an incredibly long, thin point. But what, what is a, what is a, a beginning marker we're talking about? See, in your experience it, and, and in the HRO experience, it goes back quite a ways. And there was, you know, pieces like that and, and other people contributing. But, but it, from my view of the world, who didn't really tune into this stuff until 2012, you know, prior to that time, I was oblivious and the information that was out there seemed a bit disparate, you know. And, and in my experience, it was that 2010 to 2012 kind of time where something really kind of crystallized. Um, so, so I think this, this diffusion curve we're talking about uh, really begins in, in measurably in substance for me then. But I know that, you know, turtles and turtles, it goes on, you know, quite a ways. So do you think there was a point in time do you do you concur? Do you do you sense there was a point where the beginning of that curve takes place? If we think we're at mid early adopter now, or or early beginning early majority, where is the beginning point of that? Man, that's a good question. I mean, that's a that's a really good question. I I, I didn't. I, I'm sad because I don't I don't know if I know the answer to that question. I mean, a lot of people are thinking about it. I think you'd have to go way far back. I mean, I think I think these ideas have existed for a while, but I think they were so foreign and so disruptive and they, they, I, there was a lot of forces against them. And I think slowly but surely um, through a factor of time and just convenience, ideas sort of took hold in different industries and in different places. And I'm, it's, that's a great question. I mean, I think one of the things, that's really important is some really large, powerful industries that had giant footprints took a lot of this on early and that made it easier and safer for smaller industries to follow along. And eventually what will happen is the regulator will catch up, but the regulator is always going to be behind the industry. I mean, that's the, as uh, James reason says, the unlikely unfortunate lot of the regulator. They're always going to be behind the curve. But it's an interesting idea. Ooh la la! That is the amazing pre-accident investigation podcast for this week. It was a, I enjoyed that conversation kind of a lot. I hope you did as well. It's always fun. I mean, Jeff really brings to the table uh, an interesting perspective, really from kind of the, the, the working man side of the equation, which I think makes him really kind of fun to listen to but i think what's more interesting even than that is that his desire and intent is really to make the world a better place and you can't hear that message enough times thanks for your time thanks for listening tell your friends like smash that like button i don't know why they say that tell anyone that wants to listen that this is there and available and it's another great week until then learn something new every single day have as much fun as you possibly can 
speak good to each other and kind to each other. Check in on one another. And for goodness sakes, be safe.